You are listening to Down Home. I honestly believe that in order for a community to thrive and progress, it has to have cornerstones. These are people that help lay a successful foundation for the community to build upon. If you have been listening to Down Home, you have heard me and Jay talk about two very important cornerstones to the black community in Nova Scotia, Rocky and Joan Jones. This week, me and Jay have the opportunity to have a conversation with one of their sons, Augie Jones. Augie has been able to stand on the solid foundation that his parents provided and through hard work and determination built his own success. A successful basketball career at St. FX, a successful career in education in the Caribbean as well as in Nova Scotia, and in fact, recently Augie has become the first black principal at a Nova Scotia Community College campus. He's also been able to leverage his wealth of experience and talent to help companies realize their diversity and inclusion goals through his Empathize Others platform. Welcome to Down Home, the Nova Scotian experience from two black men. I'm Derek Wise, and as always, we have Jay Jones. What's happening, y'all? And our conversation this week is with uh, educator and social activist, Augie Jones. Augie, how you doing, man? I'm good, fellas. You know, I'm uh, relaxing on the weekend, trying to do a little bit of writing. You know, we're working on... Uh, pushing out another episode of the podcast too so you guys know how it is always working hustling yeah true true mm-hmm. and uh let's get this out of the way we have another jones on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah augie's my cousin it's hard to keep up with us joneses man <laughs> yeah i know it's good to see you jay and Derek. Yeah. it's good to thank you and uh i love what you guys do with the podcast thank you that's that's much appreciated man much appreciated now, uh, your your career in life path has been geared towards like mentoring, teaching, and coaching. Uh, can you talk about what led you down that direction? Well, it, it's funny you ask because the other day, you know, I'm now principal at NSCC, and we have a African Nova Scotian early childhood educator cohort, a, a group of 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 twenty five students who are doing a two year program so that they can teach pre-primary and primary. I mean, we're talking, myself and Archie Beals, we're talking to them about community and what that means. And I think it starts like that. I don't think you start out to be a mentor. I didn't start out to want to do anything, to be honest. But what I do know is that um, I, I wake up every day and I can't um, disconnect myself from community. So with that comes that role of, if anyone needs anything, I'm there. If I have to make a bridge and, and, and pass it on to someone. I just do that. And so after a while, if you're doing that, people call you a mentor or call you a social activist, or whatever. I don't think I'm not. I just think I'm, I'm community oriented. And, 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 I, and so I think in the collective, put it that way. It's not just for me because I've done a lot of things that, that I could be very proud of myself individually and, and I don't focus on that. So I think 
more than anything, that, that role of spreading out the love, spreading out the knowledge, passing things on because I don't own it, um, was I really learned it from young because my parents and obviously Rocky and Joan Jones and all the other people that were leaders in the community that I bumped into, the, every, every single one of them always paid it forward. You know, so I, I think that I learned to do that from a young age. Mm-hmm. Now, a side note, uh, we, we did talk about this off camera, but uh, as I told you, I value my time at the Nova Scotia Community College uh, in a, a lot of ways more than my Bachelor of Commerce degree. Uh, just, you know, just talk a little bit about uh, the Akerley campus and, and like the real world applications of education that it brings. Mm. That, that, that's a great question, Eric, because, you know, I've been in this role for going on three months and, and at the previously I've been at St. Francis Xavier. I've taught in the Caribbean, you know, and when I get to NSCC, I see and I'm not trying to stereotype. I say everyday people doing jobs that are connected to industry. So we have auto body, auto mechanics, um, welding, um, metal fabrication, culinary um, hospitality, uh, gas fitting, Th- those are, you know, it's funny because that's what makes the world go around. It's interesting how we've been kind of, I wouldn't say brainwashed, but young kids are focused, like, you got to go to university, you got to go to university, when really, you know, a four-year arts degree or a four-year science degree undergrad, you can't even do anything with that after 80 grand. And so I see the beauty of NSCC, I see the beauty of trades and and and, and people you know, that, that's, the, that's the machinery that makes cities work. You think about the people that build and do electricity and, and fill up and do gas fitting and, and metal. These are all the people that make cities go. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, I've really got an appreciation. And then when we spread it out to other NSCC campuses, which I know is your experience, you know, we think about media, business, nursing. Uh, these are all industries that are, that are a big part of of, uh, of Nova Scotia. So I'm very proud to be at NSCC and, and also the first African Nova Scotian who was a principal uh, at NSCC. Oh, wow. Awesome, man. Trail Congratulations. Trail yeah, Blazer, that's awesome. Keeping man. up with the Joneses. What? <laughs> <laughs> now, now you, you did mention your parents there. Now, now being part of a social activist household, uh, do you remember some of these conversations that were, you know, around the kitchen table? And, and and if you like, maybe if you give us a little story, that'd be great, man. And and do you think those conversations formed you as an individual? I think you kind of alluded to that already, but speak on that, please. No, I'm glad you elaborated and came back to that because I remember my mom in the kitchen on Windsor Street, right by the Halifax Forum. You know, we my mom had a round table, literally a round table. And so when you sat down, you sat down to. <laughs> Excalibur's round table like anyone was welcome in the house you know but mm-hmm. you better have thick skin because you know there were conversations going on that if you were gonna you know it, it, the people that were at the house Walter Borden obviously Joan Jones Rocky Jones um Irvin Carvery uh Gilbert Day um you know the, the points we had Harry Belafonte there we had a lot of people flow through the house mm-hmm. um uh, Jeremy Ackerman, who used to be the head of NDP, um, uh, Alexa Madonna, who just passed away, who led the NDP. Like these were the people that were in in the place. And so, um, for me, I can't remember specific conversations, but I can let you guys know this: is that I learned what it means to be articulate. 
I learned what it meant to not necessarily be emotional with what you were saying. Uh, both of my parents were very good at bringing a point across. And at the time, think about it. We're talking 70s, late 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're not talking George Floyd time where there was a hashtag or it was everyone was. No, there were conversations going on um, at our house that were um, that were you know, almost clandestine because I found out later that CSIS had been spying on my parents for, for, for decades, right? And and they provided us with, I remember I came home from St. Lucia. I was teaching in St. Lucia. I came home at Christmas and on the kitchen table was a stack of RCMP documents, you know, calling my dad rabble rouser and troublemaker. And also the main parts were blacked out in black market, right? You know what I mean? So they give you the papers to say, hey, we're doing something for you. After spying on you, here's, here, you know. So, so anyway, like what, what, I, what I guess I did learn was, you know, there are people that can speak on behalf of the community. And, and not everyone has the ability to go in front of media and do podcasts similar to what you guys are doing. And so if you are blessed with that ability, then you have to use it. And you have to use it in a way to tell the story of your community in a way that um, is uh, easy for people to digest. And mm-hmm. you know how quickly they can get to, well, he's an angry black male. And so <laughs> I learned from my dad. My dad was smooth with it, man. Like he, like he didn't, he, you could very seldom saw him angry. If he was angry, he'd be angry behind the scenes. But he knew that when he was out in front of public or he was saying something, you had to put your intelligence first. You had to put your ability of word choice and 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 tone and cadence. These were all that I learned um, from, especially watching him. And then I can't go without giving my mom, you know, the respect because she wasn't out in front as much, but she was just as equally important in her ability to organize from behind the scenes. She sat mm-hmm. on many. And as you guys know, if you ever sat on committees, there's a lot of bullshit that goes on in committees around microaggressions and people crying and not listening to the point and trying to shut you down. And my mom was actually better than my dad at that. Her committee work was outstanding, but that was always behind the scenes. So I learned to talk at both those levels in front of people, in front of the public. And I also learned how to maneuver in the sitting at the table. Mm hmm. Wow. Yeah. I, that reminds me like, uh, you know, my, I was raised by Sydney, Sydney Jones, you know, my great grandfather, and he was always so stoically strong, like, you know what I mean? And of course he was the deacon of Cornwallis street church. And I'd often see him speak sometimes before Reverend Mack. And there was always, I was always in awe the way he could just sort of just take hold of the congregation and say what he wanted to say with such, uh, you know, such emphasis and, and control yeah it's yeah a, it's a there, thing there yeah. were a lot of uh great uh leaders that came out of that uh congregation though huh mm-hmm. there were yeah definitely so much so now um now i mean you're doing things in education and mentoring and everything but you know one of the actually how i first knew about you uh when i was a young kid was uh uh you and your basketball career at St. of X. I remember going to uh, uh, some games at the Metro Center 
the what were they the CIAUs they were called back yeah. then, right? But uh, you know, you played in a couple of tournaments with uh, with Wade Smith, rest in peace, Wade Smith, and uh, and I was always say I was like, oh man, Augie Jones, he's my cousin, right? I mean, I I didn't know you, but it was I it, I always had immense pride. Now, and sports, as you know, plays a important thing with people's development, and character, and what was it like uh, for you? Talk about uh, the role that basketball played in your life. Yeah, and, and it's actually connected to the question around community and, and because I have to center this this question in, at the community Y. And so for those that don't know, we had a community YMCA, which was a satellite of the larger YMCA in Halifax. And it was located in various spaces. Alexander School was one. It was actually in the Brunswick Street Church at the basement for a while. That's why we all shot flat from the community because it never had walls. So we <laughs> didn't get arc on our shot. But, um, but but it moved around, and now it's actually close to the North Branch Library, which used to be the post office on Goddagen Street. That is now houses the present community Y. But I would say that, you know, when I think about equity, diversity, and inclusion in 2022, I think about sports is the great equalizer from what you say, Jay. Like, and, and we had a lot of immense pride in our ability to play the game at a young age, and, and we were giving people like big time beatdowns, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But think about the pride for our, we put a lot of time into basketball and we're talking, you know, people that that, that springboarded off of that um, athletic pride into people like obviously Wade Smith was my best friend. He and I played, we were stuck at the hip since age six. We played on every single team together, including playing for Canada together. Um, I think about Donnie McLean, who's the number two rated um police officer uh, or, or, um, in, in Halifax, uh, Jason Wilson, Alonzo Wright, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Quinta Adams. Uh, there's a lot of people that came out of that why um, uh, piece. And I do have to shout out some names of coaches that got us into basketball, but also were, were telling us how to behave ourselves in community, how to um, give someone an 80 point beat down and then just shake their hand. Right. You know, and that's Terry Simons, Lou Gannon, Gary Farmer, Bev Greenlaw, Roger Grant, Joe Cauley. Um, you know, we had a, a lot of, of uh, Dwight Hampton, uh, Lee Thomas, uh, from, who was actually playing at St. Mary's and was helping coach at the Y while he played at St. Mary's. And so, you know, for, for us, we got this foundation of what basketball could do for you. But I remember Terry Simons, who passed away in the 80s, but was 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 huge in our community. He worked at the North Branch Library with my sister. Um, He had a program called Carry the Book as well as the Ball. And so, you know, uh, we had, and that went on in the summertime. So we balled out in the summertime, we were in the gym, but then we had to go to the library and read a certain amount of books uh, in order to balance that. And so when you look 30, 40 years later, that, that turned out doctors, lawyers, police, accountants, business people, teachers um that's all from our our little boys and girls connected to the community Y. i remember mr simons well fond memories fond memories of mr simons uh just a side note what whatever happened to the the black tournament ah great question Hmm. um you know and i don't want to want to be very diplomatic in how i say this but um as it grew I think that there was a generation, including myself and Sean Mantley and, and um, you know, as I said, Wade, that were playing at a high level, but 
um, weren't really in the decision-making process around the tournament. So we know that that was one of the greatest homecoming events on the African Nova Scotian calendar. Mm -hmm. Victoria Day uh, probably got to about 26 years. It got so big that at one point they had the championship game at the Metro Center. Uh, but it, it didn't turn, it didn't change with the times. Uh, I think that there was an element of it when I was young where if you were young and you played in the black tournament, um, you had to um, behave with the mature people, right? So you knew that you were 15, 16. You knew that you were 18, 19 going out to the clubs. But when you went to the black tournament, you knew that your uncles and your aunts and your coaches and your community were there. So it was more of an old school vibe. After about the 25th anniversary, 26, it turned into clubs. It turned into a, a young people vibe. And there was, it was a part, like it, it just got um, um, where it was not so much around old school homecoming. It was more around young partying. And, and that, that, you know, I think that, you know, thinking back, the organizers could have accommodated that, but they didn't. So this was growing outside of, some of the events that were being put on by the organizers were still those traditional young meets old, you know, those were the things that they were putting on and they weren't being attended by the young people. They were going out to clubs and, and, it, it, and as part of it. So eventually it disintegrated. And I know Naval Provo, um, a putty son from, from North Preston has, and I think Chris Johnson from North Preston as well, have put on a peace tournament that's similar to it, but it, it doesn't have the exact kind of a homecoming element and and it wasn't a it's not a, a a fixture the same way that the black tournament was which to your point Derek used to be called the Terry Simons tournament that's true mm -hmm. yeah yeah true true yeah. well um yeah I, I remember that tournament well um I never played but it went a couple of times really really a lot of talent man Halifax had some crazy talent some crazy ball players um so let's move on to uh your your new podcasts called uh, empathize others and uh what sparked your interest in creating uh, you know your podcast and the story behind it yeah I, I, I for me it was to be honest doing a lot of equity, diversity, and inclusion work on behalf of school boards and Department of Ed and and actually was unpaid work. And I was like, no, I, I mean, if I have this expertise, which comes from not only being in somewhat of a specialized family, because if you grow up with Rocky and Joan Jones, you, as we said earlier in the podcast, you grow up with certain skill set. So mm -hmm. Empathy Others was a way for me to make the platform about, you know, about what I brought to the table personally, wanted to change it into a business. So Empathize Others was a consulting service, which is now, and I used to work with companies around their EDI um, platform. I've, I've since kind of, um, you know, grown and in, 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 into a more motivational speaker, um, book writing, but I have blogs, podcasts, uh, I have gear, and I think there's, a, and I wouldn't be the only one doing that. I think that, you know, we now realize that when we want to reach out to a generation and be that diverse, there's a lot of different ways you have to put out your message. And so mm -hmm. the platform of Empathize Others was more to, to um, come to a point um, beyond what Rocky and Joan were saying. I think that I do stand on the shoulders of them, but my platform, I think, talks about the universally 
um, kind of universal design around what works for everyone. So from the LGBTQ plus community, from the disabilities community, from the indigenous community, from a newcomer community, but gender perspective, you know, what privileges do we walk with? So it's not just about being African Nova Scotian. It's about simply that. Can we empathize others? Because in order for us to hear the Mi'kmaq voice around residential schools, around fishing, around um, uh, acknowledging treaties. We have to humble ourselves as settlers because even in African Nova Scotians, yes, we can say we've been here 400 years, but we're still settlers, right? And so to hear that voice, I've got to empathize others. For me as a privileged male, um, and women are talking about sexualized violence, around harassment, around what they have to do at night to protect themselves. Whereas a male, six foot one, I don't have to think about those things. I don't, you know, I lived in Kingston, Jamaica for a year and, and was going out to parties and walking home at 2.30 in the morning and, and I never once thought of it. That's a privilege. And so I need to empathize with the voices of women and, 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 and really own my privilege. You know, one of the, the, the phrases I use a lot is own your stuff. People, when you say white privilege, people are like, oh my God, white privilege. You have it, like own it. Like what, we're not going to even argue about it, right? Another one I'd, I'd like to lay down as far as, one of my principles around empathize others is being able-bodied. Any building in Halifax, I can run up the steps, down the steps, jump in an elevator, go smoothly into an escalator, and I do that as an able-bodied privilege. Um, people who don't, who aren't able-bodied, look at escalators different, look at stairs differently, and so my whole premise is we all, every single one of us, have to look at our privileges and see where we need to own those privileges so we can hear the voices of people don't live that don't live that same existence. And, and that's where, you know, that's the center of empathize others. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. All, it's almost like an or, organic extension of, uh, it's like accumulation, organic extension of your whole career and your upbringing, huh? Like yeah, it, uh, yeah. that's, that's, that's awesome, that's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and also in today's world, you know, empathy is so important, right? Because we can so quickly like, you know, you know, social media has its pros and cons, of course, we, we all know that. But sometimes, you know, I feel people sometimes get so swept up in that world that you forget about what's going on in the world, you know, and there's so many things that at the core that we need to, to look at and open open up to so empathy is important man so it's really important work that you're doing because we need to feel uh what other people are feeling healing us in the things that we feel and understanding what it might take to heal for them you know it's very important work yeah yeah we add one other piece that i do um, bring out you guys is this thing around learn listening because you can have people that are so much into their black power but yet they're abusive to women or so much people that are in their black power but they don't understand the disability voice or the LGBTQ plus voice. And that's what was getting to me. I was seeing, like, for me, we're, all, we're asking people to march with Black Lives Matter and we're asking people to hear us. But how many of us are going out to the indigenous marches? How many of us are going out to the gay pride, even if we are heterosexual? How many of us understand what it's like to be, to live with autism or have a child with autism? And so I, I felt that there was a, a point, so there is a, a poem by Khalil Gibran a Lebanese poet called the prophet. Mm -hmm. and, and it says, you know, God loves the arrow just as much as the bow. And so Joan and Rocky were my bow. And, they, and there was tension, especially my teenage years. There was tension. But with that tension, the arrow goes further. And, and, and to Derek's point, I think that it is a, 
a growth of their philosophy to take what they were really grounded in an African Nova Scotian advocacy and, and use those same principles to bring out a universal ad, advocacy. Let's listen to everyone. And, and, I, and I, I, I phrase that as learn listening. Are you listening to learn from someone or are you pretending to listen and then you walk away and ignore them? Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a valid point. Like I, I find um, since we've started this podcast that um, <clears throat> I've, I've had conversations with uh, people outside the podcast and a lot of the time they're, they're listening to convey their own point from their point of view. It's not, yeah, it's not necessarily a, a back and forth conversation. And, and I, you know, I, I've kind of thought, do I do this? You know, it's, it's kind of, it's giving me a, a chance to self audit, <laughs> you, know, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, that's, yeah. Th this has been a, uh, sorry, Jay, did you say something? No, no, no. I've just, uh, I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Augie, thank you very much for uh, giving us a bit of your time. Uh, do you have any, anything else before we wrap up? No, again, I just want to compliment to you. I think in for the listeners, I don't know if they know how much time goes into a podcast uh, when it comes to scheduling, um, actually, you know, recording it. And then you've got a whole bunch of editing to do and then you got to get it out there. And so, you know, kudos to you two brothers, you know, and really, you know, bringing a perspective on what it means to be Nova Scotian. I've, I've listened to many of your podcasts and, and it's, and it's an experience I'm familiar with. Many of your, your guests are people that I'm, I'm L Jones and, and Len Paris. There's many, these are people I know, but I just think that, you know, kudos to you guys for taking the time and the effort that you put in um, to make sure that that story spreads out because I'm, I'm just in my own little way. I'm trying to do the same thing. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's much appreciated, man. Yeah, really, really means a lot to hear because, uh, you know, it is Derek does a lot of good work with the editing and stuff like that. And uh, it's just a pleasure to be able to speak uh, with with people and hear their story and for us to reconnect with our roots. It's really, really been a journey uh, for both of us. And, um, you know, it it kind of, you know, we recall things and we're like, we had that nostalgia of home and it's important because yeah. it's at the core of who we are. And uh, we have to let that show and, and whatever we have grown into as men, you know, that always comes along for the ride. And then we just, what we learn and live along the way, we take that and bring that and represent it all. And, you know, it goes in circles and uh, you're doing that as well. You're a part of it. And, uh, but anyway, uh, as, as, uh, as family, I want to say thanks and I'm inspired by you. And uh, I hope, I hope your jumper has a little bit more arc on it now, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, man, it's good to see you shooting your shot. You know what I'm saying? We, we encourage all of our listeners to uh, tune in to empathize others. We will have a link in the uh, podcast description. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, brothers, stay blessed. All you right. too. You have been listening to Down Home. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, 
on a high plateau From the one down below To the future of the funk Getting lost in the flow Contact with the spot McX Now it's time to flex With the force from the soul Reaching all aspects Getting deep No time to sleep As you reach your next phase Laying it all on the line The song Breaking New Ground from the breakdown feeling free I just laugh with the joy of a beat boy just kicking it live a connection so strong transcribe with the vibe like magic prescribed